I wanted to talk more today about loops and loop construction because understanding how to compose a story, understanding like whatever the building blocks are, you can slot in certain kinds of beats and slot in certain kind of constructions is really going to help us understand how to make a plot because the next sort of section in Fioshimo is plot stuff. So if we can understand any kind of composition, we can build any kind of plot. And to do that, we really need to grasp loops in more detail. We've talked about loops a little bit before. I want to dive deep again. Now, I talked about this in last night's uh, the, the writer's chat for 1214. That should be in the podcast feed right alongside this episode. In fact, it might be the file prior to this episode. The thing I mentioned about loops is that it's a different way of recognizing the passage of time and the development of story. We can recognize that some loops are plots, and we can recognize that some loops are thematic, and we can recognize that some loops are a series of coincidental events. A loop is, by all accounts, a set of story elements, a set of story events, a set of things in the story that have some kind of relationship to each other. And ideally, those that relationship is consistent through all of them. So if it's a set of events, maybe it's one event after the other, one to two to three to four to five. Maybe it's a set of relationships. Maybe it's, you know, I pushed this domino, which pushed, which hit that domino, which did that domino, which did that domino until all the dominoes fell over. It's a cause and effect relationship. Maybe it's a set of things done within a certain constraint of time. You know, maybe it's all the stuff I did this morning before I went to work. Maybe it's all the activities you did relating to one thing. Maybe it's all the things I had to do with the Johnson account at the office. There's always a set of things, usually more than three, because you, you need more than three, really, because you need a start point, a, some middle of some kind, and an end point. Anything more than that, your loop's just bigger. Is it possible to have too big a loop? No, because your biggest loop would be the entirety of your story seen in one sort of cycle, one sort of progression from first page to last page, from first thing to last thing. But beyond that, loops are generally thought of as smaller, but it's all about the relationship of things. And it's all about how to conceive of them in a way that that relationship is both satisfying and sensical. Satisfying and logical might be a better way to say it. Understanding that the things in a loop can be anything really frees us up to be very playful, very flexible in how we're detailing stories. So, for instance, you might have... Uh, in your early second act, you might have an action loop, which is just a series of action beats or a series of uh, moments in a scene that are action-y because you want to make sure you set the tone for your story because your hero has to go fight this big giant goon guy. And it's a set of beats. It's the seeing the guy, freaking out about the guy, going and fighting the guy, fighting the guy, getting the hero's ass beat then turning around and overcoming the obstacle by hitting him with a trash can and then stepping over his unconscious body and entering the building you wanted to enter. It's a set of activities that are all related. It's a set of things and events and ideas. And essentially, if you really want to split hairs, it's a set of words on the page to make a loop. All loops of any kind have two things going for them. One, 
They have a definite start and a definite end. They don't just dangle out there in space. They're not a they're not a way of just dropping plot threads or dropping character arc or dropping details. Like they have that relationship holding them together. So there's a very clear start and a very clear end. But the other thing the loop does is help create or clarify something for the reader. The reason why you have that action loop is multi-purpose. One, it, it advances the story by creating an action beat so it picks up pace and it picks up tempo and it moves things along. Two, that action beat demonstrates how the character interacts with the world or how the character fights opposition. Three, it's something that happens. It's the character overcoming an obstacle. Four, it uh, gives the reader a sense of the danger or stakes in a story. See, those are four things that loop, that set of actions does. Now, it doesn't only have to be actions. We could do this a loop of character motivations. A character might want justice for an, a wrongly committed person, like somebody's been incarcerated and they didn't do a crime. They're innocent. And the actions the character undertakes to get that person out of jail is a loop. It's a set of activities, and it's predicated on a set of feelings that the, the wrongfully incarcerated should be liberated, that prison should be abolished, that good guys shouldn't end up in bad situations, that bad guys should get what's coming to them. So anything that feeds into those emotions, any actions, whether it's I'm taking photographs of the corrupt CEO or I'm... I'm you know, doing research, I'm talking to lawyers, I'm defending, I'm being a lawyer, I'm doing this, that, or the other. Any action, even if they don't occur on the, like, sequential pages, even if it's all the way throughout the book in random different spots, you can pull these things out and say they're representative, they're, they're, they're part of this loop, they're part of the justice loop of my story, they're part of the carceral loop of my story. The, the name you call it is pretty much just up to you, but it's important to know that every loop is doing something. And the beginning points and ending points of a loop, the things that start loops and the things that end loops tie together in some way, shape, or form. There's some kind of parody. There's some kind of connection. If we started the loop of our whole book with having a cup of coffee, maybe we end the story and close that loop by putting that empty coffee cup in the sink, even though the amount of story space and the amount of stuff between those two things are two totally different things. But it gives a sense of closure. When a loop isn't closed, it feels incomplete. And closure doesn't just mean like whatever the action is, you repeat it. That's one way of closing a loop. But anytime you can develop a relationship between a start of a loop and an end of a loop, it's going to close. A character who's justice-obsessed and discovers a crime at the beginning of a loop, as long as that crime is resolved by the end of the loop, the loop closes. It doesn't necessarily need to be done in a certain way. It just needs to be done. You can build loops out of anything. Dialogue beats, mirroring dialogue back to each other, a character learning to do the right thing over time. It can be loops of like one scene or multiple scenes. It can be loops involving one character or multiple characters. It's just about building those interior story architecture relationships. And it doesn't always only need to be about people. It can be the relationship of people to objects. It's Michael Knight and Kit. It's MacGyver and his Swiss Army knife. It's the relationship between all the letters of the alphabet. If you can build relationships and understand how they're going to help you get your story across, help you get your ideas across, 
building loops gives you gives your story so much more structure, so much more oomph, so much more dynamism. And it doesn't just feel like, well, this happened, then this happened, then this happened. Because I want to get you away from that sort of simplistic understanding that a story is a listing of events generally in the past tense. I want to get you building more elaborate structures. I want to get you building more cathedrals of story idea rather than just simple hovels. Loops are a fantastic way of doing that. And we're going to start talking about plot and plot building tomorrow. So understanding that loops are a great way of doing that because it's all about relationships. And we're going to talk a lot about relationships when we build plot conflicts. So today, take a look at your manuscript, take a look at your outline, take a look at whatever ideas you have, depending on how far it is you've written. And what loops can you have? What loops do you see? What loops, you might have to think a little bit to find them, but what loops should you have? Could you have? Do you want to have? Make a list. Tomorrow, we start talking about plot. I'll see you then.